finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and Top 10 Tips and 100 Episodes. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. Together, we'll create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits and then guiding and educating you to personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. This is the 100th episode. After two years of finances and, I'm so excited to reach this milestone. It's a true labor of love. Today, I've put together a list of 10 important financial tips because we all need a little nudge sometimes. Number one, how much should I have in an emergency fund? This came up at dinner last night, and it seems like there's some confusion as to how much you should have set aside. The rule of thumb is six months of living expenses. The confusion seemed to be that it was interpreted as six months of income. Instead, plan for a month's costs for housing, food, health care, and insurance, utilities, transportation costs, and debt. You don't need to put aside money for items that can be cut, even though you won't want to, until your job situation improves. Six months is a lot, but you don't have to fund it tomorrow. Instead, build that savings because something saved is better than nothing. If you open an account and start putting in about $25 a month, after two years, you'll have approximately $2,600. If you can save $50 a month, you'll have $5,200. And after two years of $75 a month, you'd have $7,200. And none of that math includes interest. You could be earning on that money as well. To decide which type of account is best for you to save your money in, you can listen to episode 82, High Yield Savings Accounts, to hear how much you can make in addition to your principal. That's the amount that you save each week. Number two, what is a 401k and 403b? 401k, which is the tax law number, is a retirement plan offered by your employer where you put in a percentage of your paycheck each pay period. You get to choose what stocks and bonds you invest in, and employees are often put into a fund based on their retirement date. The longer until your retirement, the riskier the investments because you have more time to allow your money to grow. So the closer to retirement that it is for you, the less aggressive those funds will be. But you do get to choose what amount of risk you're comfortable with and put your money into whatever plan appeals to you. The best news is that most companies will also put a percentage into your account based on how much money you put in with a cap of how much they'll contribute. This matching of dollars should be a driver in determining how much you'll put in. If they'll match 100% of what you put in up to 3%, that means if you put in 2%, they'll put in 2%. If you put in 3%, they'll put in 3%. If you put in 4%, they'll still only put in 3%. It's not uncommon, though, for them to match 50% of your investment, not 100. So when you put in 4%, they'll put in 2%. Of course, you'll need to find out how much the cap is or upper limit of their matching. You should aim for 15% of your total savings towards your retirement plan, but include the percentage that they are contributing in your calculations. If they'll match your 3%, you'll need to work towards putting in 12% of your own. But honestly, any amount is better than not putting anything aside. Episode 2 goes into great detail about this. 
403Bs are slightly different that because nonprofits and government agencies use the 403B, say teachers, school administrators, professors, government employees, nurses, doctors, and librarians are usual participants in this plan. And although they are legally able to match the participants' contributions, they generally don't. Number three, do I need an IRA? An IRA, an an individual retirement account, is a special savings account specifically for your retirement. It's opened through a bank, an investment broker, online broker, or even a personal broker. There are many different types, so you can listen to episode 19 to get all the details, but in general, you can open the account and choose all of your investment options. The deposit limit is $6,000 in 2022, with an additional amount of $1,000 if you're older than 50. If your employer does not offer a retirement plan, you can deduct the amount that you do put into your IRA, but if either you or your spouse have an account at work, you may be limited in this deduction. But don't let that deter you from using this great retirement plan along with your 401k or pension plan. The more you save, the sooner you can retire or the more you can do in retirement. Number four, does someone know where all your financial documents are, including your accounts and passwords? Having recently lost my mom, it was driven home to me that you have to have all of your banks, investments, insurance, and other financial details in one place so that your accounts can be accessed after your death. More than just your will or trust needs to be available. Your cell phone passwords, lawyer contacts, personal ID numbers or pins, insurance agents, and any other accounts have to be easily accessed. Because even if you know the end is near, this type of information is not always shared and you certainly won't know when an accident may occur. This really is the final gift that you can leave for your loved ones to try and help them after you've passed. Number five. Why do you need to calculate your net worth? We've all been hyper-focused on our medical health lately, but you need to know what you own and what you owe to know what your financial health is like. One benefit is to know how you're doing in reaching your financial goals. Will you be able to retire on time? Can you purchase a home? Will you be able to pay for college? These are all possible goals that you may have, and without knowing how you're doing, it will be very hard to achieve them in a short time frame. By calculating it periodically, you'll be able to check on your progress. In episode 90, I go into great detail on how to calculate your net worth so that you can achieve your unique goals. And that's the thing. There's no one set of goals for everyone. So there's not one ideal net worth, just the one that will let you achieve your dreams. Number six, how do I improve my credit score? Your credit score is a reflection of how you've handled your money so far. It lets lenders know how responsible a borrower you are and if you deserve to have the best interest rates when you borrow or use their credit. The higher your score means that more banks will be competing for your business, and you can even get better jobs because employers can and do check on your credit scores as well as lenders. Improving your score is easy to list, but it can be hard to actually follow through on depending on your situation. But here are the basic steps. Pay your bills on time. I don't think I need to explain much more of that. Look at your credit report and understand what it means. Episode 8 called FICO scores will really help with that. Try not to use more than 30% of all the credit that you have. So if you've been offered $10,000 on a credit card, try not to go above a $3,000 credit each month. Let the credit report companies see your banking history and utility payments to improve your score, but only if you pay all of your bills on time. 
Don't close old accounts. The longer they're open, the better. You don't have to use that card just because it's open. Don't apply for any credit you don't really need. New inquiries into your credit can lower your score as well. Combine many debts into one loan. A lower rate will help you and that 30% rule I just mentioned will be kept lower with a single loan. And finally, every four months, contact one of the three reporting agencies to get your free annual copy and then rotate through them. Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Number seven, choose someone to be your financial beneficiary. All your financial agencies will have a place for you to list who you'd like as a beneficiary. Those are the people who will benefit financially from your death. Doing this means that upon your death, they'd have direct access to the funds. Banks, life insurance, investments, and any other accounts like 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, and pension funds also ask for a beneficiary. This can be one person or many. This can also include a primary, and then if they're not alive, secondary beneficiaries as well. Number eight, portfolio allocations. How you choose your investments should be based on careful research and a wide variety of different types of classes of stocks, bonds, and money market or cash accounts. In episode 85, I go into more detail about this, but essentially, you want to find a balance between large cap, mid cap, and small cap companies. These mean that the cap means how much money they have. For example, above 10 billion is a large cap, below 2 billion is a small cap, and the mediums are in between those. And that's the dollar market value of those companies. International companies and countries that are just starting to be investable are another area that you can diversify in. Safer options include bonds called fixed income securities and money market accounts. Real estate investment trusts or REITs are another option. There's no magic allocation, but to start, you might consider a 60% in stocks and 40% in safer bonds. This is an extremely high view, so you can listen in to episode 14 for an even deeper dive. Number nine, what are your goals? This is really where you should start. What do you want to achieve in your life and how soon do you want to have these things? What motivates you? Do you want to learn more about finances? Then think about setting SMART goals. It's an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. An example might include specific, I'm going to save for my emergency fund. Measurable, $100 a month. Attainable, can I afford it? If not, try $50 a month. Relevant, do I need this account? Yes, you need to have an emergency fund account. Time bound, well, I'll be fully funded with my six months in five years. This acronym does help for planning your future in a concise, achievable format, so give it a try for any goals that you might have, financial or otherwise. And finally, number 10, listen to finances and. The topics I cover are ones that people request or are topical, but make it your own. Reach out and share your questions, your thoughts, or whatever it is you'd like to hear. I'm sincerely grateful for you listening, sharing, and being a part of the podcast. Well, here's to another year and making the steps towards your financial goals. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Thanks for listening to Finances and Top 10 Tips and 100 Episodes. I know you chose to listen and I'm grateful. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. I'd love you to leave a review because it brings financial education to others and it helps people find me more easily. Also, let me know what questions you'd like answered or any topics you'd like covered by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to.